I'm going to share with you an awesome, awesome story. A story that was told by the previous Rebbe in his Sefer Hazichreinus, in his memoirs. And the story takes place about 650 years ago. Actually, exactly 650 years ago. Now it's Tafshin Pei Gimel. And this was in Kof, Kuf Chof Gimel. That's exactly 650 years ago. I'm sorry, 600, 660 years ago. So this, this is in the city of Krakow. In Poland, the Jews called it Kruke. Or Krakow. In Krakow, in Poland, it was a big city. A lot of Jews. I met a Jew here where I live in Ithaca, New York, who was from Krakow, lived in Krakow, survived the Holocaust. And he remembered that in the middle of the city, there was a place which the city had fenced off. It's like a wall. There was a wall around it. And nobody was allowed to, allowed to go in there. It was totally sealed off. Nobody was able to go in there. He says, little children that used to go and look through the cracks of the boards to see if what was going on there. But it was just a plain piece of, of ground. And the story was, he heard it, this is just um, 70 years ago. He heard it from people in the city that there was a tradition that once, a long, long time ago, a man and a woman were swallowed in the ground alive in that place. And since then, they fenced it off. This is what he knew. But I'm going to tell you the story behind it as the Friedrich Rebbe tells it. This is in the year Kufchav Gimel. Uh, Krakow was a big city, a lot of Jews. There was a very famous Rav, a Goen, a Goen Reb Yitzchak. Reb Yitzchak was one of those Jews that were expelled from Germany in the about 670 years ago. Germany expelled the Jews from, from Germany, and many of them went to Poland. This Reb Yitzchak was one of those Jews that were refugees from Germany and settled in Poland. He was a great Goen, and he became the Rav of Krakow. Krakow belonged, was under the rule of one of the Polish princes, like a poritz, but this was more than a poritz, it was a prince. He owned not only Krakow, but a lot of the area around Krakow. This Polish prince had a Jew, a manager, a German Jew. He was a Koyan. His name was Schleimer Zeligmann. He was um, not a good person, did a lot of Averis, and, um, you know, didn't care so much about mitzvahs. And he was rich because he was the manager of the, he was the top manager, the most important manager of the, of the Polish prince. So he made a lot of money. And the Polish prince trusted him, and he was very friends with him. So he was doing a lot of Averis. He changed, even changed his name from the name Shlomo to sound more like the Goyim, Zygmunt, Zygmunt. He became Zygmunt Zaligman. So he would sound more like a Goyim. So much so he ended up being Mechal Shabbos and eating treif and did everything, you know, it was even on the whole terror. This guy, Shlomo Zaligman, decided one day he wants to marry a Jewish woman who is divorced. A divorced woman, she was Jewish, Divorce, probably not a big tzedekis. She wanted to marry him. But you know, a Koyan cannot marry a Gerusha. A Gerusha in Hebrew is a divorcee. 
So, but he wanted, they, they wanted to get married to each other, they liked each other, and they wanted to be husband and wife. No, he also wanted it to be done according to halacha, and with Kiddushin and everything. So he came to the Rav, Rabbi Yitzhak, the Rav of Kruke, of Krakow, of Kruke, and said to him, please, can you uh, do my wedding, you know, make sure that the Chope Kiddushin has done everything right. And of course, the Rav told him, you can't do this, you're a Kayan. Kuhn is forbidden in the Torah to marry a Grusha. Tried to explain it to him and to convince him to stop and to separate from her and find another wife. But Zelikman ended answered with chutzpah and he wasn't nice to the Rav. And he says, Rebbe, you know what? I'm prepared to give up my kohuna. She said, I can marry this woman. I won't be a kohen, I'll give up. As if this is something you can give up. But of course, you can't do that. A coin is born a coin, and it will always be a coin, no matter what you do. So, <coughs> you, can't, you can't give up your kahuna. You're stuck with it. So, the Rav says, I can't, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. And I'm trying, and I would wish you understand that you should shy away from this. You should get away from this and not marry this woman because you're a coin. Then, the, the, the Shlomo Zeligman saw that he couldn't convince the Rav, so he told the Rav, well, if you don't give me chuppah, you don't give me kiddushin, you don't let me get married, I will go to another city and marry her there. I won't tell him I'm a Kayin. The Rav invited the woman who he wanted to marry, and then her and her family members. They were important people in the community, very wealthy people, rich people, the big businesses, she was a member of the family. So the Rav said, listen, you guys must stop talking to this man. He wants to marry her, but he's not allowed to marry her. And he tried, he said, listen, if you don't stop it, you're going to go ahead with this wedding. I will have to excommunicate. That means I have to tell nobody should talk to you guys anymore because you're doing an Avera in public and marrying a Grusha, a marrying a Grusha is not allowed. Now, the relatives of the divorcee, of the Grusha, of the woman, they had business, they did a lot of business with Zalikman, Shlomo Zalikman. So they were friends of his too. He wanted to marry their daughter, but he also had business connections with them. They did business, they bought, they sold to each other. <coughs> so they wanted to have that wedding. They were very interested that their daughter should marry Zalikman and, uh, because this way there'll be more business. And they tried to convince the Rav, maybe you can find a hatter. Maybe you can find the reason why we can be lenient here, that we can maybe make it work. <laughs> the, Rav, the Rav says, absolutely not. There's no such a thing. And uh, not only that, the Rav went to Shul. That next Shabbos made a big announcement that everybody should know that there's a Koyin who wants to marry Grusha, and this is forbidden, absolutely forbidden. Nobody should help them. This is absolutely forbidden by the Torah. <laughs> and he warned the couple, don't you dare get married. When Zelikman heard that the Rav actually made an announcement and publicly said that you can't do this, he got very angry and since he had a lot of connections with the, the prince, the Polish prince that was like a king, he could do whatever he wanted, he controlled, he was in charge of, 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 of Krakow, so he went to his boss, to, to the, the Polish prince and told him that 
you know, this Rav, he doesn't want to let me get married. You really, I really like this woman. I want to marry her. And he said, because some religious reason, which is some stupid thing, you know, and I'm willing to give up my kahuna anyway. So why can't he do it? Anyways, he told this to the prince. And the prince says, I'll see what I can do. Now, there was a big machlekes in the community now because everybody was talking about this. Shleime wants to marry this divorced woman. And, of course, those who were Yerush and were afraid of Hashem and they followed the Torah, they were on the side of the Rav. And so the Rav is right. And how can they dare do such a thing? It's terrible. But the relatives of the woman, and they had some friends also who were not such a big Yerush and they were willing to sort of, you know, break halacha. So they, of course, said, you know, Shlomo is right. They also wanted to be nice to Shlomo Zelikman because they knew he can give them business because he's in charge of all the properties and all the businesses of the, of the, of the prince. So if they're nice to, to Shlomo Zelikman, he'll be nice to them and give them some business. So there was a big machlekes in between the, those who were more from, more, more Yir Hashem, have Yir Hashemayim, and those that were not so Yir Hashemayim. So Zelikman, as I said, went to the prince, and the prince called over the Rav. And he told the Rav that, uh, why is it that you don't want to let him get married? What's the reason? Why don't you do the wedding? You should be the Rav, the Mesadic Kedushin. Do the, do the Kedushin and help him get married. And the, 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 the prince also invited the bishop, the Galach, the, the Galach from, from the town, his Galach, also should come there to, that maybe the Galach will say whether it says that in the Torah or not, because they thought the Galachim know a lot of Torah. So he invited the Galach as well. And the Rav explained to the prince, I'm sorry, we can't do this. This is against the Torah for going to marry a Grusha. A Grusha is a divorcee. So the prince turned to the Galach and said to him, is it true what the Rav is saying? The Rav is saying that uh, a coin can marry a divorcee, a grusha. And the bishop said, he, the, grusha, the, the, the Galach was a big anti-Semite. He hated Jews. So he said, you know what? It's true. It says that in the Torah of Moshe that, that a coin can't marry a divorcee. But the Chachamim always find a way, a heter, you know, how they can permit things. You know, Chachamim always have a way. They have the power to change the halachas of the Torah and make something which the Torah says is also, they can say it's mutter now. From now on, it will be mutter. So he can do it if he wants to. He was a big anti-Semite and he wanted to, you know, get the Rav into trouble. So the Rav responded to the Galach and said, that's not true. We Jews can never change what Hashem gave to Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem gave Moshe Rabbeinu a Torah, which is written on parchment, the five, the five Chumashim, and then he gave us a Torah Shebalpeh, which Hashem also gave to Moshe and Har Sinai. And in Torah Shabbat, he explains the Torah Shabbat, the, you know, he explains everything that's written in the Chumash, is explained in the Gemara, in Torah Shabbat. And, you know, for hundreds of years, we have kept exactly what the Torah is saying. We cannot change that. No. <clears throat> the Galach saw, um, Hadarov explained, disagrees with him. So he started posing other questions. Hey, doesn't it say in the Talmud this, in Talmud that? He started like attacking Yiddishkeit and in front of the of the prince, and in the end, um, the Rav gave him all the explanations that all the questions he had are nonsense and they don't make sense. 
And then the Galach got very angry. And he said, he started cursing the Jews. He started cursing the Jewish people. But the Rav was very calm. He didn't answer back, even though he was very hurt inside, that the Galach would curse like this in so harshly the Jewish people in front of the prince. And then he said to the Galach, you know, you, your Galach, you should be respectful to the Jews. You know why? Because you, you Galachim and the Christians, you guys got your religion from where? From the Altaira. So you should be nice to us because we gave you your religion. You got it from us. And here the Galach got really mad. He started screaming, what? What are you talking about? We, we, we don't come from you. We have a... He started screaming and screaming and screaming. At any rate, um, the, the, the um, Galach and the Rav were arguing back and forth, and then the prince felt he's, he's, he's a guy, he's a Christian. So he wanted to defend the Galach. And he said, I think the Galach is right, even though he saw the Rav was right, but he didn't want to tell him that. He said, I think the Galach is right, and I think there's no reason why you can't do the wedding for Shloyme Zeligman with that woman, that divorcee. And I'm telling you now, you must, as a Rav, you must do the Chuppah and Kiddushin for this couple and so they can live peacefully and happily. Here's what happened. The Rav left the palace of the prince. And before he left, he said, I'm sorry, I will do for you anything because you are a leader. You are prince, you are governor, you know, a king. But there's one thing I cannot do, go against Hashem and against the Torah. And therefore, this thing I cannot do for you. And the prince got very angry and he said to him, we'll see, you're going to have to do it. I'm going to make you do it. <coughs> and the Rav went home, a few days went by and the Rav still doesn't want to do the wedding. One day, soldiers showed up, soldiers with, <coughs> with, with swords, all armed, showed up to the house of the Rav, and in their hands they had a letter from the prince that said that he must come right now. They're going to take him by force to the marketplace in the middle of the big plaza, and there, <coughs> in the center of town, he needs to do Chope Kedushin for Zygmunt Zelikman and his Kala. And so they dragged the Rav to the plain, to the plaza. And the Chuppah was outside. They waited for the Rav. Her family, all the members of her family, and other people that were friends with the family also stood there. And a lot of Goyim, because they knew Shlomo Zelikman, because he was an important man, who was the manager of the prince's uh, businesses. So a lot of Goyim friends came to also to the Chuppah. <coughs> and everybody was waiting to see what's going to happen. Is the Rav going to have to do it? When the Rav came to the place, he was carried and led by the soldiers. He turned to Zelikman and his wife, his wife and his, and his Kala, the Grusha, and he said to, and to all the relatives, and he said to them, listen, I will not go against the Torah even if they kill me. And I beg you, stop what you're doing now and go home because this is forbidden, it's not a good thing for you to do. And if you go home and you agree 
not to get married, then the, the prince will be, will be okay. I'm warning you because it might not be good if you keep up. Zelagman and his kala continued to tell the Rav, we want to get married and you must marry us. When the Rav saw that he couldn't convince them, he called out loud, They want to force me to go against your mitzvahs. Please, Hashem, sanctify your name in the world. Show who you are. Let the Jews that keep mitzvahs see that you are protecting them. Look down from the heavens and, and help us. Be kind to us. And show your power against these people that are going against you with such chutzpah. And then I finished saying his tefillah. He turned again to Shlomo Zeligman and the Kala and the relatives trying to do, please do tshuva, forget about it. It's not, but they again with chutzpah, no, 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 we want to get married. At that moment, the Rav burst out crying hysterically and he started saying a tefillah. He says, please, Hashem, aneni Hashem, aneni, please answer me, Hashem. Do it for your holy name. Asei leman shimcha hakodesh, hagodel vahaneira. Do this for the sake of your holy name, your great name, your awesome name, and do something now to stop this. And as the Rav finished davening, suddenly a huge, terrifying commotion was heard in the air, like something very, very scary, like a very loud, loud noise. And moments after that, people saw how the ground opened up, just like by Koirach. Suddenly it opened up, and within a second, the chasen, the kala, and the chuppah fell deep inside the ground. And after a moment, when they fell on the ground, the ground closed up again. And it looked like the regular ground, like nothing happened. Everybody there was like screaming. They were like, what's going on here? And they were like shocked. They were all afraid. Even the soldiers that were there, they tried to dig in the ground to see what's going on. Maybe we can get Shlomo Zigl Zeligman and his Kala out of there. They tried to dig with their swords, but nothing happened. So they all left. And um, this scared the whole city. The whole city was scared. Everybody from all over started coming to this place, to the plaza, to the middle of Krakow to see what exactly happened? Everybody heard this incredible story. They saw what a great tzaddik and holy person the, Reb, the old Rav was, Reb Yitzchak. He was willing to go and mysterious nefesh. Even if they kill him, he wouldn't go against the Torah. And look what miracle, what ness happened because of him. The prince, when he heard what happened, he sent quickly messengers to the Galach. The Galach wasn't there, but the Chopa, he was at home to see if maybe something happened to the Galach too. <laughs> he heard that the, the Rov is such a tzaddik, he could punish the Chosnin and the Kala like this. Maybe there was also punishment for the Galach. So he sent messages to see what's happening. <clears throat> and guess what? The messengers came back and they said when they came to the Galach, they noticed that he was crazy. He became nuts, he became crazy, insane. 
when he heard, when the Galak heard what happened to the Chassan and Kala, how the earth opened up, he became nuts, became crazy. So the, the prince realized that he had made a big mistake to force the Rav. He traveled right away to the Rav and went to his house. The Rav was now in his house and he asked him forgiveness because that he was so hurtful to him and that he was not respectful to the Torah of the Jewish people, to Moshe Rabbeinu. And the prince told the Rav, I'm prepared to do anything that you will tell me so Hashem would forgive me for what I did. And the Rav answered him, no, you don't have to ask forgiveness because you didn't do it intentionally. You didn't know. What did you know? You grew up as a Christian. How would you know how important the Torah is? So you don't have to ask forgiveness, but one thing I'm asking you, make a fence around the place where this happened and make it like a fence with stones, like a large fence. So the Koyanim, any Koyan, you know, Koyan is not supposed to go in a cemetery, can't go over a caver. And now, right there in the middle of the plaza, there's the body of Shloima, Zedekman, and his Kala. So it's a Koyan, he's not allowed to walk there. So I want you to make a fence around so the Kohanim would know where not to walk. The prince agreed, and they made a fence. This story was told by the previous Rebbe. And now you can understand what my friend, who passed away five years ago, when he was in Krakow before the war, he remembers a place that was fenced off, and people said that this is the place where a long time ago, a chassan and a kala fell right into the ground. This is the story.